نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد جنرلي when there is a program of some sort so there is normally a bayan some talk and that is what we are accustomed to generally <coughs> but these little gatherings that we have once in a while this is a little bit of a different format somewhat informal in a sense or rather call it less formal there is no particular topic that is discussed the topic nevertheless is our islah the topic is how we can try and improve ourselves how we can try and reform ourselves better ourselves and that has to be the niyat has to be the intention in every gathering for that matter whether it is the speaker whether it is the listeners if the niyat is just to attend some program just to attend some talk and that's it so then that's normally it that's what happens then that after that talk is over after that program is over things then finish off there many a thing that we heard or spoke about gets left right there and we move on till the next talk till the next program till the next gathering of some type so obviously that is not the way that it should be innamal a'malu binniyat hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that actions are according to their intentions one is according to the ikhlas and sincerity what extent of sincerity there will be in something that is what the end result will come the rewards will come according to the intention the acceptance will come according to the intention of ikhlas only for allah taala's pleasure no ulterior motive and then according to the intention of what a person is trying to derive out of it one is obviously he must be sincere but if a person's intention is merely just he wants sawab so he'll get sawab definitely if he's sincere and his intention was sawab that's what he'll finish off with but that sawab could have been attained in various ways he could have been sitting at home and making some tasbihat that too he'll definitely get sawab for could have been making some other amal engaging in some other work of deen that too would have been definitely sawab so that is part and parcel of it there's no nothing that will meaning sawab will not be left out if there's sincerity sawab will come but the deeni majalis the niyat has to be something beyond that not confined to that beyond that and that is that a person should have this intention that the words of the ahlullah the pious their words will be read explained inshallah this will have an impact on my heart and this will become a means of my betterment something that might be lacking in me inshallah i'll get the tawfiq of making amal on it to try and inculcate that in my life something that might be in my life which is not supposed to be there something that is a problem and i should be rectifying this inshallah with the barakat of this gathering allah taala make that possible that that tawfiq allah taala grant me that i can then remove this issue from my life So if that is the intention that is the niyat with which a person participates in any dini gathering 
It might be the talim that takes place after some salah in our masjid. That too is not something to be participating in just as a routine. Otherwise we'll attend talks and listen to talks and bayans and carry on listening for years and years. But that if that intention is not there, that I want to change something for the better. I want to remove the negatives from my life. I want to inculcate the positives. So this is the purpose for which I am attending that dini gathering. If that niyat is missing, then that's what unfortunately often happens. That we hear many things, but barely we just stepped out of the masjid and what we heard that we should be doing, we are not doing. What we heard that we shouldn't be doing, we are doing. Because that intention was lacking. So this is just a general lesson that whichever dini gathering it is, as mentioned, even is the talim that takes place in our masjid daily that we are participating in, the niyat must be that we must take something. We must take something, this must become a means of our hearts turning towards Allah Ta'ala, must become a means of us becoming more desirous of fulfilling amal, righteous actions. It must become a means of inculcating taqwa in our hearts, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. It must come, become a means of changing our akhlaq for the better. So all these are the intentions to make. And to the extent that we have these intentions, inshallah Allah Ta'ala will bless us accordingly. So these are the things that we have to refresh. And there's no once-off situation in this every time and repeatedly. To the extent that these intentions are refreshed, then inshallah when something is heard which applies to us, it will strike us. This is something I need to pay attention to. Otherwise, we'll be looking at who should be listening. Not us, somebody else. There's something we will hear about and think, I hope so and so is listening because this applies to him. So our mind will be going to others and hoping others are taking the lesson, but we will be empty-handed. So, when participating in any dini gathering, the intention should be me, myself. The speaker, the listener, the intention should be me. After the gathering is over, I've, I've taken the lesson, now I should share it also. Pass it on to others as well. But in that moment while some nasihat is being given, some advice is being heard, then the intention must be purely myself. Because it's for me. And if that's not the intention, I'll be thinking about others. Hoping so-and-so is listening. Hoping so-and-so is taking the message. And the process I lost out. So, these gatherings that take place, we often generally read from the writings of our mashayikh. The lessons that they have given, one is to just merely convey the message itself. But even reading their words has its own special benefit. Maybe we don't understand, this is all in Urdu, we won't understand the Urdu. It will be explained inshallah. But there is some special benefit and noor that comes in those words. So it's not always the case, but sometimes to take that benefit as well. Just on this note about these words carry their own noor. The thing is that the words... The words are generated by the heart. The words, person thinks about it, he thinks, and then 
after having pondered what he wants to say, what he wants to write. So all this comes from, is generated by the heart. It's not that a person is fast asleep, his mind is blank, there's nothing in his heart, and he's saying something, he's writing something. It doesn't happen. He's thinking, his mind is behind the whole process of whatever he's saying, whatever he's writing, his heart is behind that whole process. So now the kind of heart that has generated this thought and has generated these words, the effect of that heart comes in those words. And therefore, the Mashaikh have, from long, this is not something happened yesterday, they have been very, very cautious and have been always warning and cautioning people that look, don't read the writings of an irreligious person. And in fact, don't read the writings of people who are far away from Deen, people are involved in all... Now, can we imagine a person reading novels and reading all kinds of other... Allah forbid, what, what kind of things... Now, what kind of heart has generated those thoughts? Since even if an irreligious person has written something that is correct in itself, meaning he gave some advice of some sort, there was nothing wrong in it, but that too might come with the ill effects of that person's heart. The words were right, but the heart was wrong. And the effect of that heart might come through. To some extent it might impact. Now this is a completely different matter. This, nevertheless, since it's coming to mind now, there was a very great alim, he passed away not long ago, a few years back, Allama Khalid Mahmoud Sahib Rahmatullahi he had come to South Africa several times. The last time he came was just about a year or so before he passed away. He passed away at the age of 97-98. And at that age, the last time that he came, he had come to Spring Beach, he gave a two-hour talk at that age. In any case, this is many going many years back, and I heard this from Hazrat Mawinus Parisa Rahmatullah, my maroon brother that he had heard it directly from him in a gathering here in South Africa. And he mentioned that there was one person in Pakistan who had some very deviated ideas, but he was a very prolific writer. And many people got very influenced by his writing. Maududi was a very prolific writer and a very, very captivating writer. But he had some very deviated ideas also against the Sahaba Ikram, he even objected against Nawazubillah, some Ambiyali Musalam. But there were many other things that he wrote which were very fine. There was no problem with that particular subject matter. So Allah Khalisab was an expert in all these firaqe batila, these deviated groups. In combating these deviated groups, he was an expert of a very high caliber. People used to go, especially to go and spend time in his company, some few months, sometimes longer periods, just to learn the details of how to deal with these deviated groups and so on. So he mentioned to a gathering of ulama that you take out a paragraph from Maududi's writing. A paragraph which is 100% correct. There's nothing deviated written in that paragraph. But you don't tell me that this is where you took it from. You just pull out that paragraph, photocopy it or whatever. Don't put the title anywhere, don't put the author anywhere. 
and you give me that one paragraph which is 100% correct in terms of the subject matter. So I'll read through it and tell you this is Maududi writing. I'll read through it and tell you this is Maududi writing because I perceive a zulmat, a darkness that comes from it. When I'm reading it, I immediately perceive a darkness, a zulmat that's coming through it. Now, these things might sometimes sound like fairy tales, but those who Allah Ta'ala has enabled to see this reality, there was a very great personality long ago, Shaykh Abdul Aziz Dabbaag, Rahmatullah He was an ummi, he was an illiterate person. He had never learned to read and write, but a very pious person. And if anybody would recite Quran in his presence, now he was not a hafiz of the Quran Sharif, he was not a literate person, but he would immediately point out this person is reciting Quran Sharif. So fine, that is might be something most people can do who listen to Quran Sharif often. So he might not find that very, very amazing. But then if somebody is reciting a hadith, now a hadith, there are some hadith that are known as, known as hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi is those ahadith where Rasulullah narrates the hadith but says Allah Ta'ala says Qala Allah Ta'ala Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala says Allah Ta'ala said this and then that is narrated so this is from the side of Allah Ta'ala that has been inspired on Nabi Salaam which he relates from Allah Ta'ala now that's a specific category of hadith hadith Qudsi so now if he doesn't somebody doesn't read the first portion just read something from in between He's an illiterate person, he hasn't studied all this in depth. But he will immediately say that this is a hadith Qudsi. And then if somebody is reading some hadith which is apart from the hadith Qudsi, where Nabi Salaam himself said something directly without relating it to Allah Ta'ala as such, so he'll say this is the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu He's not a literate person. And then somebody would sometimes recite a line or something from Arabic poetry. Now, a person who is not learned, he won't be able to make out one from the other. Arabic poetry or some other line of Arabic writing. But an ordinary person normally won't make out any difference. But he would immediately say this is neither Quran Sharif, nor Hadith Qudsi, nor the Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There is something besides that. So now people would be surprised about this. They would ask him that... How you get this? How you make it out? Quran Sharif, okay, most people can make it out. But this differentiation between Hadith Qudsi and apart from it, even sometimes a person who has studied the Hadith, he might think twice, ten times, is this a portion of Hadith Qudsi or not? So he says when the Quran Sharif is recited, there is a specific nur that emanates from it, which is very distinct. I see that nur. So I immediately recognize this is Quran Sharif. The Hadith Qudsi has got its own specific nur that is distinct from the Quran Sharif, not as bright as it, but very bright in itself. But it's very distinct also. And likewise, the other Ahadith has its own distinct nur. And something that is not Hadith Sharif, not Quran Sharif, not Hadith Sharif, it doesn't have this nur at all. Now the lesson in all this is that what we listen to, what we read, all this impacts on the heart. And now a person picks up anything and everything and whatever is just flooding the social media and flooding the net and just googling anything 
and he doesn't have any idea of who the author is, is this an authentic person, does this person have correct aqaid and beliefs, or is somebody with some kind of deviated beliefs, or what he has, no idea of what's going on behind the scenes, and the person is taking it, he's reading it, he's trying to digest it. But now all this is having an impact on the heart. And how many times it has happened that a person started coming up with many, many doubts with regards to fundamental aqaid. He's now questioning, actually in the reality, it will turn out that he's actually questioning his imam. Because he's questioning fundamental aqaid. How can it be this and how can it be that? Things which are established in Quran Sharif, but now he got it from where? Either it's a zulmat, the darkness that has impacted on the heart. And now he doesn't realize where this came from. So this is a very, very important aspect that a person should read the author before he reads the book. Should read the author meaning be 100% sure the author is authentic. The author is somebody that is endorsed by the Ulama Ikram. Is somebody that doesn't have any kind of deviated ideas and beliefs. Otherwise, a person won't realize where and how he got washed away. So this is, just we stemmed up from this point about reading from the writings of the Ahlullah. And inshallah this has its own impact and benefit. So we will read from this kitab, from excerpts. This is the compilation of the various majalis, etc. of Hazrat Mawla Shah Kimod Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullahi and raise his stages in Akhirat. So on various occasions, his malfuzat, his statements, advices, these were compiled, and this is what we will select a few aspects from here and explain also, inshallah. There's one malfuz here. Kalich ke ek talib ilm hazir huye, unse daryaf farmaya, ke aapko jo maamulat bataye the, pure kar rahe hai. One student studying in a university had come. So he was associated with Hazrat. So he asked him that I had prescribed some ma'amulat, some zikr, tasbihat, etc. Are you completing it? Arzkiya jiha, kalma tayyiba ki jo miqdar aapne batai thi, rozana pura kal leta ho. So this student replied and said, Ji, I complete that amount of recitation of la ilaha illallah and whatever other ma'amulat, I complete it. So when he mentioned this, Hazrat then replied, فرمایا کہ ہاں یہ بہت ضروری ہے اللہ کا نام لینے سے نور پیدا ہوتا ہے اور طاعت آسان ہو جاتی ہے جو شخص معمولات پورے نہیں کرتا تو ظلمت پیدا ہونے لگتی ہے طاعت چھوٹنے لگتی ہے شیخ کے پاس جانے سے جی چراتا ہے قائدہ ہے کہ ہر جنس اپنی جنس کو اپنی طرف کھینچتی ہے so when he said, yes, I am doing this, he responded and said, Ji, very important, you must maintain this and keep up with this. And then he said, this is extremely necessary because when you keep taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, the dhikr that you make daily, the ma'amulat that have been prescribed and you are completing it, you are taking Allah Ta'ala's name. So this creates a noor in the heart. It enlightens the heart. And now when this light, this heart is filled with this noor, with this light, the effect of this is that righteous actions become easy. To wake up for fajr becomes easy. 
to leave whatever one is doing at the time of Zuhar and proceed becomes easy. To take the Quran Sharif and recite becomes easy. To do various amal becomes easy. Because this is Noor and the Noor takes a person in this direction. And on the other side, when a person leaves out the mamulat, his tasbihat, his tilawat, his zikr, when he leaves this out, zulmat and darkness starts settling in the heart. Because there's no such thing as a vacuum. Either there'll be noor coming in. If no noor is coming in, something else will come in. The darkness will come in. So now when this darkness settles in, the result of this and the effect of this is that the righteous actions will start dropping, will start getting left out. Now the person was very punctual with this Fajr Salah, with Jama'ah, now suddenly he can't seem to make it. Now, trying to figure out but where this came from, I don't know what happened. So we know what happened. What happened was we left out the Mamulad. But now leaving out the Mamulad was regarded as, well, this is a, an optional thing, it's an extra thing. So if I leave this out, it may not be a problem. It's not Faraz. So definitely it's not Faraz. But it is the energy that takes a person to fulfill the Faraz. It's not Faraz in itself. A person eats just that much that saves his life, that's Faraz. Just enough to save his life. If he eats that much, he's fulfilled the Faraz of looking after himself. When a person eats just that much, but that is not sufficient and not enough to give him the energy to be able to do many things, to be able to walk to the masjid now, to be able to perform salah. Sometimes a person gets very ill or whatever, he's just barely eating enough to survive. But now that's just merely keeping him surviving, now he doesn't have energy to do anything. Tell him to sit up too, he can't sit up. He needs help to sit up also. Why? Because now he is just, just surviving, that's all. But now this survival, as a result, that too starts getting weaker. So now he's eating that much too, but that is also now the energy levels are dropping even further. So every person understands this in the light of food, etc. That no, I must eat to what my need is, not just to survive. Eat to the extent of whatever the necessary requirement is, so that I have the energy that is required let alone the necessary, as far as possible, we want all the extras also. So in any case, that as far as the body is concerned, it doesn't just survive. We don't just keep it surviving. But now for our deen, we just want to just survive. So now a person left out all these aspects thinking it's nawafil, it's just optional, it's not necessary. But what the end result was, what was necessary got impacted. What was compulsory, that started getting left out. So this is what is being mentioned here, that ta'at chutne lagti hai. Then the person doesn't want to go even in the righteous gatherings. If there's some drama taking place somewhere, some entertainment happening, there's some friends gathering and they'll be sitting and chatting away and engaging in all kinds of futile talk, he'll be very eager to be part of that. But if there's some dini gathering to go to his own sheikh also, then he'll say, next time. Right now I'm a bit tired. But then just as he decided he's very tired and he can't make it, he got a call, there's a braai on, why don't you come? So now suddenly the tiredness went away. That 
merely the smell of that braai, it took all the tightness away. He didn't even get the smell yet, he only heard about it. So what happened? It was something in the heart. Something in the heart where the inclination was now so weak on one side, that there was no motivation, there was no energy to go in that direction. But now the opposite becomes very easy then. To go to any type of place, any gathering, where all kind of futile talk will take place, let alone futile talk, even haram things will carry on, but he'll be fine with it, he'll carry on. So what become, what, why does this become the situation? Further, that explains that the reason is, Al-Jinsu Yamilu Il Al-Jins. In simple terms, like attracts like. Say, birds of a feather flock together. In other words, if there's noor in the heart, it will attract nurani amal. A person will be inclined to what has noor in it. There's noor in the heart, so he'll be inclined to those things that have noor in themselves. He'll be now, he's got an opportunity to make two rakats, salah, nafil, turn to Allah Ta'ala, make some dua, he'll take that chance, take that opportunity. There's a chance now to be making some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, he'll be too happy to do it. His hands will reach out for the Qur'an Sharif. Because the noor in the heart is attracting the amal of noor. So now his heart is just inclining in that direction. And if there's darkness in the heart, so now like attracts like. So now that heart is getting like a magnet, it's being attracted towards evil. Because that evil is filled with zulmat. That is filled with darkness. So now what is in something? The heart is the same thing. That like attracts like. So a person now starts falling in one thing after the other and just doesn't stop at anything. But where it all started off from? Something that was taken for granted. And now these mamulat and tasbihat and zikr, who said it's farz? And it's not now compulsory. But a person doesn't eat one day, two days. Now that energy starts dropping. And with the energy and he gets weak, a weak person is prone to infections. He's prone to all kinds of viruses. In order to make himself virus-proof, what not is done? What not is done to try and protect us oneself from some virus? And to what extent a person goes to, to protect himself? But from the spiritual viruses, and those things that will provide the protection from those spiritual viruses, then all that is not compulsory. So all the steps that are taken to protect ourselves are also optional. It's optional. It's fine. Within the limits of Sharia, it's optional. Somebody is taking care of you, taking it, no problem. What is within the limits of Sharia? But it's not on a level of us. But we take it. So likewise, the greater importance is to put in all these protections, all these safety barriers between us and the whispers of shaitan, between us and the nafs, between us and all the things that invite towards batil and evil and sin, what is that, what's going to create these barriers is this constancy, this consistency on the mamulad, tilawat, dhikr, dua, some nawafil, and all the various other amal, and being part of the gatherings of deen. So this is what creates that barrier. And when this stops, that barrier then slides away. But when that barrier slides away, it doesn't just remain there. Other things come in. They flood in. And nowadays everything is ready to flood in. 
one press of a button and he starts flooding in. And what a person thought he was immune from. He thought he was immune, he won't press these buttons. Suddenly he doesn't know, he says, I don't know what happened. But what happened is, this is what happened, this is where it started from. So this is what the message is giving, that this becomes a situation that the heart gets filled with zulmat, and as a result of the darkness in the heart, now that starts pulling the person towards evil and vice and sins. Mamulat chutne se kyunke zulmat peda hoti hai, us wajah se noor walo ke paas uska dil nahi lagta. Now when a person's heart has filled with the zulmat, now in gatherings of deen, that's a gathering of nuraniyat. We have no idea who has what level of noor of iman. And this is the other benefit of being in a gathering of deen. Like these lights are all switched on. So each one is giving its individual light. <coughs> Nowadays they have these LEDs and whatever. So some are, they say two watts. If you put that two watt light on, it's going to give a limited amount of light. But then you put five of them on. So now that five is ten watts. And you put fifty, is hundred watts. But when that light is shining, can you make out where is this two watt shining and where is that two watt shining? When that light is shining, all these two watt bulbs, fifty of them, and that one hundred watt bulb, that floodlight somebody put on, the light of all becomes diffused together. You can't distinguish one from the other. And the entire place benefits from the combined light. The combined light lights up the entire place. No portion can claim that I lit this place up entirely. The combined light lights up the whole place. And it becomes very bright. Likewise in the gatherings of deen, person is there with an open heart to fill his heart with that noor. Then Allah knows best, sometimes there are people we take for granted, people who we don't give a second look at, but Allah knows best what is that floodlight of noor of iman they carry. Now we might come with our one watt bulb, and they might be there with a thousand watt bulb, but in that gathering, all that light of iman gets combined. And everybody's heart gets lit up with that combined light, provided that we kept our hearts open. Our niyat was correct, we wanted to take something, then that heart will fill. But if it is just some routine, just some coming and going, that's what happens. So there must be, as we spoke right at the beginning, that niyat. Have to check that niyat, refresh it, and open the heart to absorb house of Allah Ta'ala, the noor of the house of Allah Ta'ala. The malaika gather around the gatherings of deen, they throng around such gatherings, and that noor of the malaika, and then the noor of the iman of the entire gathering, if a person is in any gathering of deen, with this kind of open heart to absorb, why won't he absorb? Certainly he'll absorb. But all depends on what our intention is, what we came to take. So this is what is being stated here. That now when a person has let his heart become engulfed in that darkness, so he feels very uneasy in that gathering of noor. He feels like a fish out of water there. He feels uneasy there. Say, oh, I don't want to do here. I'd rather be somewhere else. Why? Because now these two things are opposite. Or jo shaks Allah Allah karke noor hasil kar leta hai, uska dil kahi nahi lagta, siwai Allah walo ke sohbat ke. 
And on the other side, the person who has filled his heart with the noor of zikr, of taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, of righteous deeds, then he feels no peace anywhere else but in the company of pious people. That's where he feels comfortable. He doesn't feel any comfort anywhere else. So, what is the reason? Because that's what is, is in his heart now. So he feels that comfort where that similar noor is being achieved. Isse unki baato mein noor malum hota hai. Maulana Rumi rahmatullahi alayhi farmate hai. Noor ya mar noor ya rajani be an. Jazi be an. Noor walo ko noor wale apni taraf khinchte hai. Isliye agar kabhi taat mein tasahul honne lage. Or sheikh ke paas jane mein wahshat mahsus honne lage. To samajh lo ke ya to maamulat chhut rahe hai. या किसी गुनाह में मुब्तला हो रहे तौबा कर लो और काम में लग जाओ सो द लास्ट पार्ट ऑफ दिस इज सेइंग पर्सन ही डिटेक्ट्स नाउ सम लेजीनेस इन गोइंग इनटू द मजालिस ऑफ दीन इन गोइंग इनटू द गैदरिंग ऑफ द मशाइख एटसेट्रा सो नाउ दिस इज समथिंग टू मेक अ पर्सन रिफ्लेक्ट व्हाई आई एम नॉट फीलिंग लाइक गोइंग वन इज अ पर्सन कैन मेक इट हिज इल और व्हाटएवर Otherwise, it's an opportunity to be in some gathering of deen. But he's not inclined to be there. Person is occupied with something which is genuinely necessary, whatever, it's a different matter. But now this is like a kind of, he's somewhat, somewhat averse to going. So why? Let's say the reason is simply one of two things. Either he has now stopped his mamulat. So as a result, there's no vacuum. The noor stopped coming in. So some zulmat is entering. Oh, he's in fact, he's involved in some sin. So that sin now is filling the heart with zulmat. Filling the heart with darkness. Now when the heart is filled with darkness, so obviously he's not going to be inclined to light. And then darkness, when darkness is in the heart, then darkness, the heart is king. Then there's darkness in everything. There's darkness in a person's words, the vulgarity, There'll be harshness. There'll be all the time picking on faults of people. There'll be all kinds of things that will be hurting and causing taklif to others. There'll be darkness in his amal, in his deeds. He'll be sitting and pressing wrong buttons on that phone. There'll be darkness in his akhlaq, poor character, bad akhlaq. So all this stems from the darkness of the heart. The heart is filled with noor. And there'll be noor in how a person speaks. There'll be noor in what he does. There'll be noor in his way and manner. Everything will become a means of comfort for others around him. In his own house, where he works, with people known to him, strangers. That noor will make everybody comfortable around him. And otherwise... Anyone and everyone will be uncomfortable. They'll be at edge, walking on eggshells. So no, what next? So the whole effort is to bring that noor in the heart. And that noor in the heart, the very important aspect among many things, is these mamulat. Now this is sometimes taken for granted, but the importance of it we've understood from this malfoos, from this statement of earth, that how deep this is, how much of effect this has, being consistent on it, how much benefit it brings, and shirking in it, not being consistent, what it opens the door to. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala grant us this noor in our hearts and make us very, very 
constant on our mamulat inshallah after the maghrib salah sunnat al nafil will continue you can spend some time in dua now subhanallah bihamdihi subhanallah